So, <clears throat> we've come to the part of the, the Bible lesson. And um, today, I mean, as Ruth reminded us, we live in an unsure world. And we might have questions. So today we're going to be thinking of an Old Testament character. I'll be shortly be sharing a screen with you. And we're going to be thinking of a, a, a Bible character who lived in unsure times. We're going to be thinking today a little bit about the story of Esther. Esther takes, the story of Esther takes place during the years of the Jewish exile. Do you remember the story when people were called to return back to Babylon? Sorry, to, to, to Jerusalem. And some people came with Ezra, some people came with Nehemiah, and some people did not respond to that, and they still remained in exile. And Esther is part of that group. And the Jews had been defeated by Babylon, which meant that they were in exile. And then Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. So now the Jews found themselves under the rule of King Xerxes. And that's how our story begins. King Xerxes decided that he was going to throw a big party. And this party was not just your standard pulled pork and salad type party. It was seven days long. Seven days long. And there he needed to show how, how rich he was, what he owned and everything like that. And there lots of drinking and lots of stuff going on. And then to show off, King Xerxes decided that he wanted to call his wife, the queen, Vashti, to come because she was a beautiful woman. And unfortunately, King Vashti decided, uh, sorry, Queen Vashti decided not to go to the king's presence. And this made the king very, very angry. This greatly angered the king, and not only the king, but his counselors and noblemen, as well as everybody else, because they were thinking that if the queen is treating the king this way, then the wives elsewhere will be disrespecting their husbands. They're going to be complaining, and it's going to be chaotic. So then, King Xerxes makes a decision. He says, the queen can no longer be the queen. So, Queen Vashti, there is no longer Queen Vashti. So, that means that he needed to find a new one. Hey, this is not a fairy tale. This is a story that I'm reading or I'm summarizing from the scriptures. Read the whole book. It's only 10 chapters. And if I can read it for 20 minutes, you can do a better job than that. So, here we've got the king looking for a new queen. And if you were an all-powerful man in the ancient world, 
What better way to find your wife than to a parade of every beautiful single woman in the land through your palace? So then there was a decree to go around all over the place to find this new lady who is going to be the future queen. Among the hundreds of women that came to the palace, there was a, name, a girl named Hasada. That was her name, her, her, her Jewish name. But the empire, because she had grown up in the Persian Empire, her name had become Esther. And Esther was a secretly a Jew. She was an orphan that was raised by her uncle Mordecai. And basically, she was the lowest possible social class. But there was one thing. The Lord was with Esther. Now, one thing that is really strange about the book of Esther is that although it's in the scriptures, it never mentions the name of God. All the ten chapters never mention once the name of God. They never mention once prayer. Fasting is mentioned, but prayer is never mentioned there. Apart from this small community of people who actually are secretly holding to their Jewish things, but they're not that secret. We're going to hear about a character very shortly that he's very public about what he stands for. But isn't it interesting that the empire has got a different name for Esther? And perhaps they were living in a place where there was so much pressure for them to be in a certain way. And as Ruth reminded us earlier on, maybe we live in a world that is unsure. And perhaps the pressure for us is to be who we're not meant to be. But God has got a plan. And do not forget that in the midst of the uncertainty and the unsure things that are going on, God has called you by name. He knows you. He loves you. He cares for you. And I want you to stop there and make the first use of your square papers. So what we're going to do today, we're going to try and build a crown. And the way that we're going to do it, it's very easy. So you all have been given a square piece of paper. So if you can fold the square piece of paper, and for those who are, which screen am I being? If you can fold it like this, one to one side, one to one side. So if you see the black lines I've drawn, you should have something of this shape. 
and then your next action is you bring this corner inside and fold it so where these papers are folding bring it inside and it should be looking something like this well done are you with me and then the last we're gonna do it four times so don't worry and the last action is that the 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 flip that we have folded upwards goes up a little bit like one centimeter folds up and creates something like this So it should look like this. We're going to repeat it again. We need it. So the first action, sorry, the first action is this one. The second action is folding up the corner and the third action is this one. No, we'll do, not now, not all four. We'll, we'll stop again, we'll stop again just to take it in. So we talked a little bit about the name and the name that, that God has got over your life. So if you've got a pen or you want a pen, just put under that part uh, here, just put name, okay? Remember that. Then, we saw how Esther let's see if my slides are working was chosen. She was a beautiful and a graceful woman when she was brought to the palace. And in the meantime, while people were questioning whether God was doing something, God was there. He is still sovereign. He still had supreme authority on all things and everything is under his control. Now, what was going on in Persia, it was really immoral. It was terrible. And the, the, the thing that comes out of this is that out of God's sovereignty and love, he uses the faithfulness of even morally compromised people to accomplish his purposes. God uses even the faithfulness of even morally compromised people to accomplish his purposes. 
So what happens? King, King Xerxes decides to crown Esther because she found favor among all the king's staff and ultimately she yeah King Xerxes decided to choose her to be the queen now as I said earlier on Queen Esther was not there on her own she was raised after she was looked after she was raised as an orphan by her uncle by her uncle Mordecai and Mordecai was in the palace and sometimes later Mordecai was sitting at the city gate where he overheard two men plotting to kill the king Mordecai quickly relayed this to Esther who told the king who promptly solved the problem even though Mordecai saved the king's life, he was never acknowledged and recognized for, he, for what he had done. And again, it, the story gets better because somebody else comes in power. And we've got this guy called Haman. He is second in command. And Mordecai finds himself in trouble because Haman, who is second in command, comes in power. He gave a decree that every time he would walk around <coughs> through the streets, everyone was ordered to bow down before him. Mordecai, being a Jew and a follower of God, refused to bow down to him. Even to the point that Haman found out about it. So Haman and other people really upset that he, he did not bow down to, 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 uh, to, them, to him. So Haman was enraged and in fact so angry that he plotted to kill not only Mordecai, but every single Jew in the whole empire, women and children included. Now we're going to do our second piece of paper. Let's give it one more time. And we're going to do it with this thing in mind that the situation for the Jewish people for people who have covenanted with God was looking tricky. And the reason why they were here is because they had not kept the covenant promises. And yet God still loved them. So as we come up to this second part of this thing, um, we are going to be thinking about God's love. God's unconditional love. So again, first step is fold it like this. The second step, bring the, the little corner upwards. And the third step is fold it. 
And if you wanted to write there something, write God's love. Because of Haman's influence, the king sent out a decree that ordered all the Jews to be executed and their property to be taken. And then when Mordecai found, about, found out about it, he begged Esther to approach the king and ask the king to change his mind. Esther knew that if she were to approach the king without being summoned, she could by law be put to death. Esther was in torment, but finally, after much fasting and praying, she decided to approach the king, even if she should perish. When, she, when the king saw her standing before him, he loved her and invited her to speak. What do you wish, Esther? The king asked. Esther replied, I would ask that the king and Haman could come to a feast that I shall prepare. The king was delighted, as was Haman. Together they feasted, and towards the end of the meal, the king asked Esther again, What is it that you wish? And anything that you ask will be granted up to the half of my kingdom. And Esther replied, If it pleases the king, I'll prepare another meal tomorrow, and there I'll answer the king's question. Haman left the palace happy that day, but on his way home, he noticed something. Who did he notice again? He noticed Mordecai at the gate and actually was reminded again of the refusal to bow to him. So Haman's mood darkened, so he decided to have a gallows built on which Mordecai would be hanged on the following day. But something weird was happening. The king could not sleep that evening. So what do you do when you're a king and you can't sleep? You ask your servants to come and read you a bedtime story. And the bedtime story for the king was the book of the Chronicles. The stories that have been registered there of how many people and what the people had done for the king. And there, King Xerxes hears about what Mordecai had done for him. And he asks the servants, he says, has anything happened to this guy to show my gratitude for saving my life? And his servant said, no, it hasn't happened. 
So the king called for Haman. And this is the, my favorite part of the story. When Haman arrived, the king asked him, he says, Haman, what should I, what should I do for someone that I want to honor? And Haman thought, Phew, jackpot. This is the time that I'm thinking about myself and perhaps the king is thinking of honoring me. So Haman, in his cleverness, thinking of him, he said, you should put your royal robes on him and a crown and let him ride your horse through the streets so that everyone will know that this man is the man that the king honors. So King Xerxes said, said, oh, this is a great idea. Perfect. Go, Mordecai, go to Mordecai and do exactly what you just said. In fact, you could be the one who leads the horse. And soon after this, Queen Esther feast arrived. And they had finished eating. The king again asked Esther, what is it that you wish? Anything you want will be granted to you up to my half of the kingdom. And now is our time to do our third. And this is a moment to stop and think that when things are tricky, God is still in charge and his providence is real. And you can write the word providence. It's a big word. So this is the first step. This is the second step, and this is the third step. Esther's reply to King Xerxes was, King, if it please you, all I ask that my life and the life of my people will be spared, for I am a Jew, and it's been decreed that all the Jewish people in the empire should be annihilated. And when the king heard this, the Bible says the king was furious. Who would do such a thing to my queen? He shouted. And we all know what the answer is. Esther gave also the answer, said, Haman. And furthermore, Haman has built the gallows to hang Mordecai, who once saved the king's life. Then the king replied, 
Then let Haman be hanged on it. So it was Haman who was executed on the gallows. And a new decree was issued, saving the lives of the covenanted people of God. Esther and Mordecai were honored and spent the rest of their days serving their king. So the last thing that I want you to do is go for the fourth piece of paper. Now, very soon you'll know what you're doing. Now, you'll ask, why have I got five? It's because I've got a big head. Four does not fit, so. So not only God has got his name and has called us by name, not only God loves, not only God provides, but he knows and he is in control. So what you do is after you've built all those four triangles, they, they kind of go within one another with no glue, no sticky tape, no nothing. You've got it, Hazel. So, pardon? God is in control. So the edges just go You can open it a little bit, but it, it should go in very quickly. Maybe you need the fifth one as well, Andy. <laughs> well done, Jack. Is it too big? Sorry. So as we move to the Lord's table, today we've been reminded of a mediator between God's people, a King Xerxes. And as we draw to God's table, I want us to remind us of other mediator, who came between men and God and his name is Jesus Christ so Jesus invites us to this table he is our king he's called us by name he loves us he is in charge even when things are bleak 
and he wants that relationship with with us so as we come to the table today and as we come and serve it to you actually it's going to be me and Ruth we're going to serve it to you uh, the band is going to be leading us in some sung worship but let's use this time to be thanking God for the mediation that we've got in Christ Jesus for his love for us for the blessing of knowing him and for the blessing of following him so I'll pray and then I'll hand over to Catherine to lead us. So Lord, we thank you that you are our mediator. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for what you have accomplished on the cross for us. And as we participate in these symbols, Lord, I pray that we would know that you've called us by name that you love us, that you care for us, and you are in control. So Lord, thank you for inviting us today to trust you. And Lord, we say we trust you as we take this bread and as we take this cup and as we remember your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>